0: You are now tuned in to one of the realest to do it. Welcome to Relevant Conversations.
1: Hello and welcome to the very first podcast, Relevant Conversations. I am your host, Mike Cornati. I am... Pumped. like When I tell you I'm excited, I am super excited for this. This is a long time coming, but what I'm even more pumped about is our first guest that I have for the show today. I got an amazing show. Her name is Rachel Monroe. She is the founder. She is the CEO. She is the brain, the thought, the inspiration behind what is Heritage of Hope, an anti-trafficking organization that's located here in Albany. Doing big things. I'm super proud to even know who this girl is. Even more proud to call her a friend. I've done some work with Heritage of Hope. They are as legit as they come. The real deal, McCoy. Like you need to get involved with them immediately. Uh, got a great show. I've got a monologue on freedom and what it looks like to you. I've got some trending topics. I've got my guest. Let's get it. You know, the Fourth of July is is upon us again. It's one of my favorite holidays of the year. As a child the fourth was always a time to celebrate. Yeah, you know, I can, I can remember being 12, 13 years old. I was looking out over Washington, D.C. from the Iwo Jima Monument. And and from there, you could see, I mean, honestly, our entire nation's history. The Lincoln Memorial was in sight. You could see the Washington Monument. Uh, our our nation's Capitol building was right there in our sight. And I'll never forget it. Our teacher, uh, she cued Lee Greenwood's proud to be an American. And and I'm going to tell you right now, there may or may not have been some tears. I'm getting emotional just thinking about it right now, but I know that that day something hit me. Now I was too young to really understand it, but I think I do a little more now. I can remember fireworks that my old man would, uh, he would travel to the Indiana border to get. Uh, They were the good fireworks. It it was that kind of effort that meant everything to me. I, I would write my name with the sparkler smoke trail, uh, while simultaneously dodging poppet explosions that my mom was unloading at my feet. She was a clown. Uh, I I remember my first time being in Atlanta with my wife now. She was just my girlfriend then. But I can remember the utter joy as we witnessed dozens of immigrants being naturalized as American citizens. That was like a big deal. They were so excited. They were jumping. They were clapping. They had a lot of joy. I remember being so close to the fireworks as they exploded that the concussion, it was just powerful. It would just it would move your whole soul. It felt like honestly, there may have been uh, some some damaging of the brain from my wife because she's been married to me for 17 years. Can't imagine that. She didn't experience some trauma there. Uh, But that's a memory I'll never forget. I remember sitting in the back of an SUV and gazing into the night sky in anticipation for the next colorful explosion. Uh, My mother was there. She wore a hat because uh, of the hair loss from the chemotherapy that she was undergoing. She smiled at the uh, purple burst of firelight. Uh, It was the last 4th of July that I would have with her on this earth. I will always remember that moment. The 4th of July, it's truly a historic date. It's, it's an iconic mark in time for the greatest country this world has ever seen or experienced. Extraordinary men, the framers of our declaration, they helped to birth the ideals, the freedoms, and the liberties that we celebrate today. The unalienable rights endowed by our creator, a purpose this country has time and time again victoriously fought to defend. But more than what we celebrate in the history of this constitutional republic is the celebrating of family, the celebration of friends, and the freedom that we have to do that. You see, it's the memories of times that I've shared with my loved ones on the 4th that that mean the most. And I love this country. I'm proud to be American. Anybody will tell you that. How we ever got to a place where that wasn't like the cool thing to be is an idea that I solemnly reject. The very idea of freedom itself is being mainstreamed as this bigoted, this selfish viewpoint. We have to reject that idea as well. You see, for me, freedom looks a lot like my past. Family functions, fireworks, red, white, and blue, literally everywhere, loud cars, guns. I mean, it was freedom. You were proud to be an American. It's hard to honestly say freedom looks the same today. It seems like every corner that we turn as a society, our governing bodies are hitting us with blow after blow to our freedoms. From lockdowns to mandatory vaccinations, your freedom, it didn't matter. You're a responsible gun owner. Well, your freedom, it really doesn't matter. Uh, You disagree with the notion that men are men and women are women. Oh, that's blasphemy. Your freedom and your reality does not matter. Uh, Don't you dare even have an opinion about the election or ballots or geo-tracking, because quite frankly, those kind of free-thinking freedoms don't belong to you, except that they do. It's called the First Amendment in the Bill of Rights. They tell you that nationalism is white supremacy. Well, I'm going to tell you it's not. It's nationalism. And literally every country in this world is full of citizens who have a deep love. And I'm not talking about like just a love. I'm talking about a devotion. They would literally die for their country. Now, I'm not suggesting that. I am just so thankful for those who have died for the usa quite frankly you could make the simple argument that presently your government is doing more for illegals flooding our borders and for ukraine than they're currently doing for you so what exactly are we celebrating oh yes it's july 4th we're celebrating freedom so this year as you spark up those grills to celebrate another 4th of july think back to a simpler day take a moment to not only ask terry to back the hell up as you light those roman candles but reminisce on good times that you've spent with family and friends alike while you're sitting at the gas pump watching your life savings just waste away set your thoughts on those ideals our forefathers wrote about our unalienable rights to life liberty and the pursuit of happiness Then you go, you find your people, and you create some amazing 4th of July memories, even if you can't afford to. Now, moving forward, trending topics-wise, this week was basically dominated by the Supreme Court. There were three big rulings that passed, the first one being a ruling on the Stay in Mexico order. Now, this order was implemented in 2018 by then-President Trump, and it was used as a way to reduce the fake asylum seekers who were illegally entering America. And that was a big problem. It still remains an issue today. Now, this ruling was obviously a loss for the conservative movement, but for Biden, it was a win. I would say, momentarily. Now, before the ruling was even put out, the ACLU was quoted as saying, if the Supreme Court prevents the Biden administration from ending Remain in Mexico, it will enshrine a new legacy for the United States, a legacy of turning its back on international commitments and sending people directly into harm's way. The ACLU is the American Civil Liberties Union. On their website, they actually claim to be Nonpartisan doesn't sound like it to me, but that's okay. Uh, I don't actually believe that this win for Biden is actually a win for Biden in the long run. I would just say this if I was running as a Republican and I needed to campaign. On uh, immigration, I would say, hey, listen, folks, the Biden administration is so dedicated to illegals flooding our country that even when proven solutions, even if not the overall solution, even if just a small solution to the problem could help to reduce the amount of illegals flooding into your state, Biden and his administration and the Democrats in this country will fight it all the way to the Supreme Court. I think that's kind of a no-brainer. Seems to me like the people are against illegal immigration. Now, the Second Amendment ruling that the Supreme Court also ruled on was a huge win for the conservative movement. Uh, Recently, the Supreme Court had already ruled uh, on a couple different gun restrictions on assault-style rifles in like Maryland and New Jersey and California. They basically just sent those rulings back to the lower courts. Hey, like, let's fix these, readdress it. Um, But this big ruling, it was actually a 6-3 to ruling. It was in the state of New York, and what it did is it struck down New York state's limits on carrying concealed handguns outside of the home. Now, this was a ruling that went into effect in 1913. Uh, I don't understand how people in New York could be stupid for that long that seems kind of irresponsible but anyway uh the supreme court they ruled that that ruling in 1913 was a violation of a person's right to keep and to bear arms uh president biden is actually quoted as saying this ruling contradicts both common sense and the constitution and should deeply trouble us all The governor of New York, she kind of went all in on crazy, saying or passing uh, into legislation at an emergency hearing with the New York state legislator to immediately limit the use of concealed carry in sensitive locations, schools, churches, basically anywhere a mass shooting may have or has already taken place. Which just seems kind of wild to me. She's basically just doubling down, saying, No, I don't want people to carry. Concealed weapons here. Uh, So, what will gun owners have to do with this new legislation? Provide info about your home life, whatever that means. Provide info about your social media account, your partner or your spouse. Four people are going to have to vouch for your moral character. In the last three years, what does your social media account look like? They're going to review to confirm the character and the content and the conduct uh, of your social media accounts over the past three years. Seems Seems kind of wild just for somebody to be able to carry a weapon uh, that they have the constitutional right to carry. But, um, but hey, it is what it is. I'm just going to say that the right to keep and bear arms is pretty clear, cut and dry. And, hey, listen, a win for conservatives, tough for New Yorkers. Good luck to y'all. It's going to be tough. <laughs> now, the Roe v. Wade decision, uh, this is a five-decade-old a decade old ruling that... Uh, basically what it did when it was put into effect is it constitutionally substantiated the right to abortion under the premise that women had the liberty to abort their child. Liberty being one of the big R rights that is given to you by our Lord. You have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Now, I'm not going to really speak on Roe v. Wade super detail in this episode, uh, my goal is that next week I will have the lead pastor of Grace City Church, Josh Cochran, who has been outspoken about this particular topic. Uh, we're going to cover the ruling, the implications, and uh, what's next. And, but I will say this. The topic of abortion is is very sensitive. Everyone has their opinion on it. Uh, everyone. Every single person has an opinion. Now, our emotion gets super tied into what we say and what is behind our opinion. And for me, it's no different. I have a, some experience in this. You know, obviously, I'm a very young parent. I had children at a very, very young age. My wife was even younger, and uh, we did. We, we had some pressure. People really wanted us to abort because <laughs> we were so young. We had our whole lives to look forward to. The other one of us had even started college, uh, and we didn't. Um, so happy that we didn't. We didn't listen. Um, but even outside of that, uh, I, I, there's other people in my life who I know have had them. And so, you know, my emotion isn't just based on uh, what other people are telling me. It's based on some real-life stuff that's happened, and I know that yours is too. As promised, at the start of our show, we have uh, Rachel Monroe here. She is the founder and CEO of Heritage of Hope, and I'm going to ask her a few questions. You cool with that, Rachel? I'm cool with that. All right, let's go ahead and get started. So question— Now, the topic of abortion is is crazy sensitive. Everyone has their opinion on why it's needed— uh, or why why it's not. Our emotions are, are super tied in to what we stand behind. Um, and I I get that. You know, my emotions are, are the same way. Uh, you know, experience in, in, in some of that stuff. I've known people and walked with people through some difficult situations when it comes to abortion. Saying all that, hey, cool, you have your opinion, I have mine. Uh, The issue brought before the Supreme Court, though, was ruled so that each state can operate in accordance with uh, what its citizens want. I mean, and that's that's the kind of country that we that we live in. I mean, the Supreme Court justices ruled in accordance with what the Constitution says. Um, That's like literally their job. Number one, what inspired you to begin an anti-trafficking organization here in Albany?
0: So my personal story starts out a lot like some of these women in the community who have experienced abuse. Um, I was abused inside of a church for over a year Mm. between the ages of eight and nine and um, just the shame that comes from that, you know, carried over into my teenage life. And I blamed, I blamed God, I blamed myself. And there was a lot of trauma that stemmed from that. um, And at the age of 14, I was abused again by somebody I considered an acquaintance. Mm -hmm. Um, So there was just a lot of pain, a lot of brokenness, a lot of confusion, a lot of anger, you know, all the emotions that come along with a traumatic event, especially the spiritual abuse that took place. Um,
1: I can only imagine. That's that's, that's terrible.
0: Yeah, it was rough, but um, I had this encounter with God, you know, that's the only thing I can say that it was, and um, somebody came up to me and said, hey, I know, I don't really know you, I don't know much about you, but it was almost like God put a spotlight on you in this room. And he told me to tell you that he was in the room with you when all of that was taking place and he was crying. Wow. And in that moment, it was like almost like a a switch, like flipped because I went from God didn't care. God wasn't there to, oh, he was weeping with me. Like he was, he was there and he was broken alongside me. This wasn't his plan for me. Wow! And that kind of like catapulted me into my healing. um, And I just continued to seek therapy and healing and different things like that to overcome that trauma and um after graduating high school i started going to like trainings for you know anti-trafficking organizations and learning so many of these stories start out just like mine Mm -hmm. they might have ended differently things may have changed but so much of what these women have gone through is what i've gone through too and i feel like i could relate to them on that level so you know i lived in nashville i went to thailand a few times and i interned at different places and really found like my fit and then I just felt like Albany needed something like that. I felt like I was going to all these different places, but I needed to do this at home. Like, there's so many people here who have experienced sexual abuse and trauma, and, you know, that leads into trafficking.
1: Right, right, right. Okay, man, that's that's a, a heck of a story. Now, now, did that happen at a camp when you had that encounter? with God? Did that? did that was that like at some type of youth it was, camp? It
0: was a youth type camp.
1: Parents, yeah. just note to self. Go ahead. <laughs> send your kids to youth camp. Yeah, okay. It's it was a it's life very changing big. experience. Life changing. It takes one encounter. That's Absolutely. all it takes. One encounter with God. So all right. So what what would you say has been the most rewarding aspect of this work?
0: I think the most rewarding aspect of this is when you see a young woman go from, you know, cowering in fear and hiding in the shell of who she once was to blossoming into this beautiful person that you know is chasing after their dreams and they're sober and they're clear-minded and they know what they want and they're going for it and seeing them take that you know healing by the reins and it isn't anybody else doing it for them but watching them take control over their life and experience healing and all kinds of beautiful things that come from that.
1: Wow. So it's like they lose everything and then they get it all back. Yes. Wow. That's, that's, Tenfold. that's amazing. <laughs> Tenfold. Ooh, I like it. I like it. Okay. So how many, like, have you helped or are you currently, like, walking with, you know, um. at, like, you know, recovery, I guess? Right.
0: Um, we have walked alongside 24 women, 25 if we include the women, that we're speaking with now wow. um many of them have chosen recovery many of them have just taken the resources you know some are still in safe homes. some are getting ready to graduate and others are still at home and others are still on the streets but you know we've reached them where they're at and give them the resources and help them along the way so currently we're working alongside one woman um well, I, w- I guess you could say two women um, to help them find recovery in the way that they want it in the right. way that works best for them.
1: Yeah. yeah. You can't you're not going to get the help you need until you really want it. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. And Absolutely. you guys just navigate with them. Through yeah, because you're walking along. Normally right.
0: not like uh, we snap our fingers and we're ready for recovery. There's right. so much like, you know, the manipulation, the abuse, the mind control. I mean, that's a crazy way to put it. But in a sense, you know, feeling like what I have right now is all I'm good for and I'm comfortable where I'm at and learning that there is more mm-hmm. when you haven't seen anything else there's a lot of layers really to an hard. onion yes yeah, it is just absolutely. like an onion
1: what well, would insane do you find it difficult you know to not emotionally ev- invest like a part of yourself into the recoveries and if you do uh what ways have you found helpful to help you kind of deal with some of that
0: yeah Well, just because of my personality, I'm a very emotionally driven person anyway. Same. So I'm (laughs) growing in that. I'm learning and growing to put up boundaries, even if they suck, you know, put up boundaries to protect myself and them. Because not only could it hurt me, but it could hurt them too. Um, So being a
1: bad guy is being a good guy. Right.
0: Sometimes, you know your help can look like hurt to somebody else. And so just allowing myself to come home and decompress and do things I enjoy, whether that's, you know, going outside and gardening or swimming in the pool, just finding different things that I can do and spending time with the Lord that for me is one thing that really helps me kind of let some of these burdens go.
1: Right. And it is tough, you know. My wife, you obviously know, Gloria, she she helps with Heritage of Hope. I'm so proud of what she does, and and it is very, very difficult because you do, you just, you fall in love uh, just with the potential that each one of these girls has. You see it, you know it's Mm -hmm. there, so it's amazing. Okay, so you're already doing so much to help fight this unimaginable evil. evil. Is there uh, ways that you believe that the government could step up and help?
0: I think um, the government, you know, Could do better, I mean, you know, anything, you know, allowing survivors to be the voice behind this of um, trafficking, sexual abuse, and prostitution, and even those coming out of addiction who are walking in sobriety and have seen, you know, what this life looks like, what this trauma looks like, and how to navigate um, the healing part of it, and allowing those people who have walked through it to be the ones to kind of lead the way, Right. and I'm sure that they do that in some areas, but just just encouraging more survivor voices to help take charge and... Um, the human trafficking laws and things like that
1: right i think that's great i, I w- i'm gonna be honest with you i would love to see more money allocated towards it. i just i feel like it is such a huge problem we just saw recently there was 53 migrants that just mm-hmm. passed away yep. uh, they were in a, in a tractor trailer i guess like the vehicle had stopped working and they were just left yeah. it's 101 degrees mm-hmm. outside and 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 that's got to be like the worst way and it's just crazy to me because it, it is becoming this this huge – it's not even come – it's been this huge issue. People are starting to see it. Right. I want to see the government step up in ways that they'll start allocating money to this yearly. I mean, every decade – like, we don't – we shouldn't have to worry about money to help fight anti-trafficking, right. you right.
0: know? Yeah, because trafficking is a $58 billion a year industry worldwide. But right. So they're making money. They just can't yes. get The
1: government needs to give us some of them. money. $58 <laughs>
0: billion. Dollars yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. But organizations fighting against it struggle to, you know, make, make donations. It. But, you know, we have never had an issue. Like, we've always been... We've always gotten what we needed when we needed it, that's every awesome. time.
1: Well, because that's how God works. That's how, whenever you ask him, boy, he's going to show up. <laughs> all right, so, all right, well, social media ha- is is easily accessible for kids nowadays. Obviously, it's like at th- in our fingertips at all moments. What impact do you believe that social media has had on the war against trafficking? And, and what advice do you offer to parents?
0: I think the way our world is going, and even some of the human trafficking experts can say that, a lot of trafficking is moving towards the digital world you know revenge pornography and you know these different websites that are making money off of people selling their pictures and it just looks different but it's it's still trafficking. Right. Um, and I think social media plays a massive factor in that, especially because anybody can pr- pretend to be anybody behind a screen. Right. And children are especially vulnerable and susceptible to this because they're just trying to make friends, you know. Even on video games, anywhere where there's chats, chat rooms or places where comments can be made or an exchange of conversation can take place, there's always a risk of talking to somebody who's not really who they say they are, and it only takes a few minutes to manipulate somebody into doing something. You know, I got the parents' permission to share this story, but there was a 10-year-old in our community who was playing a game and got on YouTube to research how to play the game and somehow ended up on this video chat with this person who was like soliciting them for pictures. And wow. this 10-year-old child was threatened for their life Like, if you don't send me this photograph, I'm going to, you know, come kill your family. I know where you live in Albany, Georgia. Wow. And it was just some random person. And so this child was terrified and did that and hid it from their parents. Luckily, their parents do the right thing and went through the phone and found what happened. And I believe they were able to find who actually who did it right I believe I, I don't quote me on that but um and now that child you know is going through therapy and different things like that but that's the dangerous side of social media
1: right and, and, it, and it really is why I've got kids myself and, and I'll be honest with you sometimes you let your guard down you know like you get comfortable because you you, know, you got the hustle and bustle of your day I mean I'm working Glory's doing stuff I mean we've always got something going on and, and you it's like it's almost like man you don't hear anything you know the kids are kind of just busy they're off you know doing their little roblox thing and this and that but man you got to have conversations with your kids i'm gonna be honest with you i've had multiple conversations when my kids are talking to people on the little headset hey who are you talking to thank god they got enough friends locally that they know they can play with them so that makes it a lot easier but i'm telling you it is scary 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 okay so all right, well, what kind of support uh, have you received locally? And and be honest with me now, what's the vibe that, you know, people give you when they really begin to understand that this is, like, a serious issue, not just in this community, but really, like, every community?
0: Right. Um, I feel like the community has really rallied around this. I think a lot of it, like, there was, like, this almost shock at first. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the I was shocked. I'm not going to lie. When right, I, was, ooh,
1: boy, I was shocked, you had someone come down response. and do a teaching, and I was like, <laughs> hold up, like hold up, man. I <laughs> thought this was like conspiracy <laughs> no, theory stuff. Like yeah. this is this is really happening. Okay, continue.
0: Right. Yeah, and it you know I think learning the community being willing to learn about what human trafficking really looks like, and you know not what TV and movies portrays it to look like, has been really cool. And everybody has been really, really re- you know receptive of what we do. We haven't really received any backlash. Um, it's always been good response, and people. You know, it's very eye-opening for them to see that this can happen in small-town USA and not just bigger cities like New York or Atlanta.
1: Right. Now, I- and honestly, it is happening in Albany. Like, you've made it clear. You guys are walking with 25 uh, girls uh, have or are currently walking with. And how do you think it's a bigger problem in, you know, cities like Houston and New York?
0: Absolutely, just because there's more routes. You know, there's more ways for people to come in and out of the community. You got, like,
1: water where they can, like, ship them. And you think that's, like, happening?
0: I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there is. Right. I'm sure there is, but I've never seen it with my own eyes. Ugh, yeah, but well, uh, yeah. You for could, sure. you know, smuggling and trafficking. They're different, but they're very similar in a sense. So, I believe it does happen. I just I haven't seen it myself.
1: Right, and and you know, you got movies like Taken, Liam Neeson. Like I, I love it. It's great. And and I'll be real. Like when when I first heard the word sex trafficking or you know anti-trafficking and anything related to trafficking that's like the first thing that i thought of you know and and I mean, it was really (laughs) like that was like the movie for me that was like wait a second this is how it's going but it's it's not even it's it it obviously does happen like that but man like locally it's just it's more about the manipulation them finding vulnerabilities in kids and stuff and and that's that's real okay so awesome well in my opinion you know you're already a hero for what you've accomplished here locally 25 women are in a better place or are just better in every way, shape, or form because of the support that Heritage at Hope has given. So you're already a hero. Um, Is there somebody that you consider a hero, somebody that you kind of look up to in this organization? Like, yes. I say not in this organization, right. not Heritage tell, but just in this right, field, in the anti-trafficking field.
0: field. Yes. Um, two women specifically, um, Christine Kane. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she was born... What's up, Christine? <laughs> hey! <laughs> she was born, you know, an orphan, and she w- wasn't even given a name. She was given a number. Wow. She was sexually abused. She's been through it all. And um, she runs the largest anti-trafficking organization in the world, and she was told that it couldn't be done
1: from tragedy to triumph. Right. That's, that's incredible. Exactly. A no- she was given a number. Hmm.
0: Yeah. She was just a number and, but God has something more for her and she's really, really taking that role. Um, and I, I read her books. I listen to her podcasts, I've seen her speak in person. I'm really inspired by her. Um, and the second woman is her name's Becca Stevens. Mm-hmm. She runs thistle Becca, farms. Becca. Yeah. She runs thistle farms in Nashville, Tennessee. And that's our sister organization that we're partnered with. And, She's just a powerhouse, like, just not afraid to be creative with healing. Like, she's very creative in finding ways for women to find employment and find their strength and find the courage to speak and give them an avenue to heal in ways that are just different. And they're not your normal, you know, rehabilitation methods. They're very artsy and creative and all about being who God created you to be. And expressing that and healing while you're expressing that.
1: Wow, that's that's very very deep. But I tell you, like everyone's different, so I can see you know, like. For me, uh, you know, maybe like if there was like sports, I like sports, so anything sports related would would really like help me. So I can see where you find different ways to be creative to help them find healing and some of those right. hurts that they have from the past. I think that's awesome. Well, hey, huge shout out to those two. I think that's great. All right, uh, if you had one million. $1 million to invest right now into Heritage of Hope, what is the first thing that you would do? or uh, How would you spend it, period? Yes,
0: I would hire full on, full-time full staff. Because we
1: need it. We need full-time staff. Yes, okay. we
0: do, because the fight is not just a nine-to-five. You never know when you're going to get a phone call. You and really
1: don't. I'm going to be honest with you. Like <laughs> I can go ahead and second that as yes. just... What, what I don't like as a husband of an employee of yours, I don't even, I, I don't know how to, like, I'm the first husband of like someone that's in, it's really cool, but like, she, at any moment, at any moment, mm-hmm. it could be a text. And I'm telling you, it's a 24-7 job.
0: Yeah, it is. And I think to hire them would be, the first thing we would do is hire staff and hire housing staff too. And then buy a home, you know, a safe home on some acres with some horses and some animals to garden and to be self-sufficient and to really take, you know, take power, you know, and just be like, you know what? I can create with my hands. I can do things with my hands that are meaningful and really empower them to grow and heal.
1: And I think that's really awesome, like having your own home. Now, in saying that, uh, just so people know, I I have a little bit of knowledge of Heritage of Hope. So if you did have a home here, um, you wouldn't have anybody here that is actually, um, you know, being trafficked in Albany. You find ways for them to get out of Albany, right? So any home that you would have here would would be be amazing because it would be people that they would bring from other states, other cities to get them out of whatever situation that they're in all the way wherever that is and yeah. in, in, into little old Albany where they can learn to be gardeners and <laughs> farmers. No, I'm gonna be honest with you. That's really cool. I, I, we can't keep anything alive in our house. Like there's no <laughs> green thumbs. Uh, maybe we need to go ahead and let the kids do it. But uh, that's I'm just getting off topic. But yes, that would be amazing. A house I, I can already see it right now, like out on 25 30 50 acres that just awesome. and yes. just continuing to expand so we just need that one person with a million dollars <laughs> so you can make all checks payable to no, i'm just like uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right well uh, i'm gonna close with like how how many how can people get involved like how is it that they can you know uh get involved I guess is it like financially the best way is it just you know are there ways that the businesses can get involved with Heritage of Hope or are, are th- is it just their prayers do you like have education opportunities what is it that people could do
0: um, well we really do need you know volunteers to help with like events teams and fundraisers and education like we need people to help us with trainings who are comfortable speaking in front of people mm-hmm. um, we would like to expand our training because we offer free trainings. For anybody, to anyone. to anyone who wants them. Yeah, um, get so some of this knowledge.
1: This is important stuff.
0: Yeah, so to have people help us to be able to share that knowledge and educate the community um, would be massive. Massive. And sharing our posts on Facebook and Instagram is helpful too because there's still informational posts. You're, kno- you're knowing what's going on in our community and how, you know, Heritage of Hope and other organizations around are partnering together to fight this and spreading awareness that way businesses can partner with us you know it could be a hair salon that donates hair products or it could be a dental office donating toothbrushes and toothpaste and hygiene bags just different ways like that, or um, you know, we just launched our fundraising initiative called the Faithful Fifty. Faithful Fifty. Faithful Fifty. Where we're looking for fifty businesses or individuals who are willing to donate a hundred dollars a month to cover, you know, administration administration fees, uh, you know, transportation when we take these survivors to their residential programs. If we need to take a survivor to a doctor's appointment, or if you know our outreach team doesn't have bags for the week, so we can you know use the money to pay for that. Sure. The gas for outreach. There's you know. Which a is a lot of money it is yeah <laughs> it is and so to have people to spend you know to donate a hundred dollars a month would really help us know that it's consistent and that we can continue to do what we do in that way
1: right I'm gonna be I'm just gonna piggyback on that the faithful 50 y'all listen I'm telling you, if you are a business or you are an individual and a hundred dollars a month is like it's not a big deal to you I would implore you to get involved with Heritage Hope because I'm your money is not going to be wasted. You will immediately begin to make an impact. They are constantly working with women in the community. I think it's a really awesome thing. So there are ways that you can uh, reach Heritage of Hope. There is myheritageofhope.com. So please that's that's my heritage of hope all lowercase.com. Go to that website look at it learn what you can education is super important because listen you can't help somebody if you don't know anything about what it is you're trying to help with so it's important that you get educated as much as you can so get on that website find the resources that they have there do everything you can there's also a number that you can call that's 229598 nine nine zero zero if you see some sus activity like you see you see anything that just doesn't look right you know you you see a girl and she looks like she's in distress and she's with some guy and she wants to get call the number let them do their job because they are having success um you can also call that number if you have donations that you want to give Um, If you have hygiene products that you want to give, whatever it is, that's 229-598-9900. Listen, it's been a pleasure having you here on my very first podcast, but I'm going to be honest with you. There's nobody that I could think of in my mind who is more deserving of the honor to be my first guest on my brand new podcast. I love it because I, I see what you're doing in the community. I've met some of these girls that you are helping, that you're walking with. And and I'm gonna be real honest with you, it's it's life changing. Uh, I think more people need to get involved. I think more people need to do stuff like this. You know, this if even if you were to understand this, learn this, and do your own organization. Awesome. We need as many organizations (laughs) that are willing to do this. Partner with Heritage Hope. Do something to help the community because honestly, like this, this is where we stay. This is where our children grow up. This, and and it's a dangerous world. So thank you for what you do out there. Thank Thank you you for like everything. It's amazing. So Awesome, man. I would love to have you back on. Maybe next time to. I have you back on, we'll be doing the Faithful 100 because we're be past 50. Yes. What you think? <laughs> be like, great. we're just going to speak it. I'm here for it. That's yep. good. All right. Thanks again, right. Rachel.
0: Thank you so much.
1: In my opinion, Rachel killed it. That was a great interview, a lot of insightful stuff. If you're not a part of Heritage of Hope, I'm telling you, you need to. You need to be. It, it, it really is legit. It's as it's good as they come, man. And, and I'm thankful for what they're doing in this community. I want to also thank you guys, the listeners. This was our first show. I hope that you liked it. We have a lot of really great things uh, lined up. We've got some awesome guests that we're going to be bringing to you. Uh, please continue to follow the page on Facebook, Relevant Conversations. Uh, continue to subscribe. It's on iTunes. It's on Spotify. I mean, we're trying we trying to do this thing, man. And, and honestly, thank you guys because... The love that y'all have shown just on social media alone has been has been really humbling, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And above all else, God bless America.